and welcome to episode 350 of We Don't Die Radio. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And if you are viewing this right now on Facebook, you may realize that this is a live episode, never been done before. And for our friend watching on YouTube or listening on one of the podcast sites, a warm welcome to you. It's been 350 episodes, so decided to do something and mix it up a little. We also have a live studio audience, we're calling it, here on Zoom, and they're here to help me with questions. How about that? With all these years, it's been six years now doing We Don't Die Radio, and I do the best I can, but every so often, I wish I had a little help with questions, so we've got a live studio audience. Never been done before. We're going to see how this goes, but for this inaugural, however we say that, episode, we have Carrie McLeod and Philip Dykes, who are two of the world's finest evidential mediums. They're two of my closest friends. And you may not see them in the movies or on television, and they're not out there in the spotlight. But what they are doing behind the scenes is working with hundreds, if not thousands of people around the world, busy in this time, since COVID-19 started, doing readings and um Also, they appear every Sunday with us on our Sunday gathering, which is an online Sunday service. They run the Spirit and Soul Foundation, and they teach mediumship and psychic abilities as well. They have a real passion for letting the world know that, number one, the afterlife is real, but people living in the afterlife are real. We don't turn into balls of energy and disappear. Heaven, if you call it heaven or the afterlife, is not something so far out in space. It's around us and our loved ones are around us. So we'll be talking with them about that today. Just a few things though in celebration. I realized that it's been just six years since we've started We Don't Die Radio and it all started with the dream of me wanting to share great people and great conversations, never knowing how far the reach would go. And today we have had over 17,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel. We have over 5,000 members of our We Don't Die listener Facebook group and well over a million downloads have happened on the various podcast sites of the show. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for being someone who tunes in. Yes, we have a passion of sharing the afterlife, but we also have a passion of helping lift you out of grief, move you through it. And not only that, is if we don't die, how we have a powerful life while we're here. So I'd like to introduce you to Carrie McLeod. Philip Dykes, welcome back to We Don't Die Radio. Hello, Sandra. It's an absolute pleasure to be here as always and always with my beautiful Carrie McLeod. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. It's lovely to be back um, live on Facebook at the same time. Mm. It's crazy. It's crazy. (laughs) We first saw you guys on episode 285, which was uh, two years ago, just about two years ago. And so for a more in-depth look at some of their past and background, we invite you to look at that or listen to that episode 
as well. But since then, you got married. <laughs> yes, I decided to make an honest man of them. Yeah, good for you. Good for you. Uh, and you're coming to us from where? Where do you live? We're just north of Edinburgh in Scotland. So we're in a small town called Dunfermline. Mm -hmm. Very nice. And I am living south of Boston, Massachusetts with my mom right now in Newport, Rhode Island and the East Coast of the United States. So a warm welcome to you, everyone, wherever they are. So I know we've talked before, but for mm -hmm. some people, this is their very first episode. Would you each like to tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into this world of believing in the afterlife? Yeah, sure. Um, I suppose there's that thing where I was growing up and every young child has experiences or every young child has memories of having some sort of experience with the spirit world. So I'll not go back over that because I know that there's lots of people that have their own experiences. They might be very different, but mine were imprinted in me and then I forgot about them. My family didn't know anything about spiritualism or about the spirit world or the afterlife. It's not something that was spoken about. So it wasn't until I had a fairly serious frightening accident um, about 25 years ago that I was off work. And then things just started happening. My curiosity was sparked. I began to get curious about the spiritualist church that's just up the road in Dunfermline. And when I walked into there, a lovely gentleman called Jock MacArthur welcomed me in. And that was the start of my journey um, in 1996 and haven't really looked back since. Went through that training of being in um, open development groups and then closed development groups. And then before I knew it, I was doing little private readings for the church with all the proceeds going to the church. And then I became involved in a separate church with Jock in 2004, which Phil and I and a number of other volunteers are still involved in at Dunfermline Ask. So my background has always been from spiritualist churches, travelled through the UK, serving the churches and the spiritual centres. And that was what I thought my life was going to be until about five years ago when things began to change. I left my permanent full-time job. I thought to leave me more time to serve the churches and in actual fact, the phone started ringing from centres that wanted me to work in, the t in around mediumship. And I, I just found I didn't choose this life, but who would not want to work for the spirit world? Who would not want to work within that healing capacity? And because of my background in counselling, psychotherapy and coaching, it just seemed to all come together in a way that lends itself for training mediumship to those. And so I find myself meeting you, this man, um, three, three and a half, four years ago, you two years ago, and lo and behold, I'm speaking to you live on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Breaking the internet. <laughs> the, the, it's a very similar story, and you probably heard me all say this before on, on other um, interviews with Sandra. But again, it started very similar to Kerry, where I, I grew up in a household of non-spiritualists. There's no connection to spiritualism whatsoever. And we grow up as a child and we don't know if it's our imagination. We don't know if it's just fiction. And these things, what we call 
spirit or communication was taking place but I didn't know any better I didn't know anything about it and my family certainly didn't help in that situation and what I didn't know and it's only when I came older and later in life where my family said well the house was haunted the house had this activity but for me it was just a normal household where we heard knocks and taps and certain parts of the house I didn't feel comfortable in and I could feel things around me but as that progressed, it, it became stronger within, if you will, my imagination, where they used to come and sit on the bed. There used to be conversations. We see these photographs that are on Facebook and all over the world now about orbs. Well, these things were like footballs moving through uh, and that mind to mind communication was taking place. Clear, audible words. All the, But for me, it was just an imaginative world that I lived in and I'm going back then in, in the UK, we, we shared a, a bedroom with siblings, brothers, older brothers, and, and I used to look around, well, they're fast asleep, why is it only me? So th there's lots of questions that I had, but again, as I grew up and this become more became more profound, um, I started to ask the question, what's going on? What's this about? And I walked into a spiritualist church quite late in my life, about 2005, I think it was, and then started to look at what was happening to me. And very quickly, my journey happened. But even though it only happened late in life, there's been all these experiences that I've had that have helped my education, my understanding. And it's meeting people like Kerry, big influence in my life, Paul Jacobs, you, Sandra, allowing us to come forward to participate in these events that's allowed us to spread our truth, our word, our thoughts with people. And that's what it's all about. It's about inspiring the living. Um, so that's a little short introduction to how it started with me. It's interesting. And they say when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And that happened for you guys and also for me. And little do we know as human beings, I think, you know, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Do you think there's a plan maybe before we come into this world or the spirit world has a plan for us? Because I look at all the things I've been interested in my life, all the courses I've taken on things that I couldn't use practically. And it just feels like for me, that I was building a foundation just ready for this time now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I know all of my, I come from a very corporate executive background. So my mind is very, was very business orientated. And yet I had this expression that needed to come out, but it wasn't time for that to come out yet. And so everything we're doing now, I know we, we've got such a, to be able to do what we're passionate about as our work we're eternally grateful for but all of my past experiences the working through managing money business planning strategizing all of that comes into itself when you've got to figure out modern technology and facebook and how to link it all together and have the determination to get all that in that's all needed but also that self-development I did, I had no idea that studying for at university for my counselling, doing the, the coaching qualifications I've done and all that self-analysis, every horrible thing that happened to me taught me something about myself. And that's where at the time I couldn't see it and nor should I be able to on reflection 
some of the biggest lessons in my life are the people who let me down, who didn't give me what I needed at that time, or who I thought I could trust and I found out I couldn't. These have all instilled a knowledge in me as to who I am. What am I? What are my morals? What are my values? And each thing then builds upon the rest until you get a greater understanding. And for me, that's the best part of the, the developing the mediumship journey is finding out about self. If I hadn't done that, I would have an ability to work with the spirit world, but then no life experience to be able to bring to it. No real understanding of what it's like to lose people to the spirit world and no understanding of the pain that grief can bring. So absolutely, I, I thank the experiences and the people because it is who I am right mm -hmm. now. I think your question about the plan on a bigger scale, I think that there is. I think there is something from very early childhood where we have all these experiences that future in some ways is laid out, is laid out for us. And it's through that growth, through that development or personal growth through life that that plan starts to formulate. Who would have thought that either one of us will be working for the spirit world? It's a dream. It's a vocation we'd love to do. But even when we thought about it or myself years ago, I thought it'll never happen. But yet things start to unfold. Things start to happen in front of you. And before we know it, things just materialize. So I, I actually think the spirit world do have that plan or that plan is there for us. And I think we all should aim to be the best that we can and do the best that we can and, and let it unfold in front. I know there's people that talk about where we have these contracts. I'm not a big believer in that, but I, I understand it. But I actually think that who we are as we develop and our life choices open doors for us. And, and, and one of the famous sayings that we know as one door closes, another one opens. I think there's always something for everyone to believe in and have that um, inspiration from like Kerry said that, that not everyone is successful but from those experiences we learn from it and we create new experiences mm -hmm. new doors so I think there's a I think there's a bigger plan even if we don't know it and we can't see it to have that faith and belief in that great unseen world um, is a must and I think as we start to look into it and discover it something within us takes over that that seed that divine spark starts to unfold and we start to ask more questions meet new people talk things through learn different ways of life be more empathic be more sensitive because we've all gone through those periods where our friends have changed jobs has changed even our so social circles have changed but we're always learning. We're always mm. evolving. I think there's got to be a bigger plan to life. Mm. And when we talk about mediumship and the unseen world and the afterlife, I think there's many people inspired today, like doctors, nurses, artists from that spirit world who are on a different journey, a different plan. So I think there's a, there is a plan in life or, or that journey is mapped out for us in some way. But our mm. job as a person is just to be the best that we can and enjoy life and, and make those opportunities and dreams come true. And I think as we look at the journey of, for instance, the medium, if we allow it to manifest itself naturally, then we get to enjoy the journey. We, we sometimes meet people who will say, how, how can I become a medium? 
Well, in, in their own way, they probably are, but they're that busy comparing themselves to what they perceive a medium to be. They're missing the contribution that they can bring in, in the way of their own mediumship, whatever that might be. And it's about allowing you to organically go through that process, because if we push for something that might not be the time for us, or we might not be ready for it yet, then we might be pushing in the direction of the spirit world doesn't want us to go just yet. And when the time is right, it's just that sense of everything that we hear about that term synchronicity. It allows us to get the sense that everything's happening at the right time. So forcing things often is a sure fine way to getting in the way of something that's just naturally manifesting itself. That's right. Synchronicity is a, a funny thing. And to you who might be listening to this or watching this right now, I say there's a reason. I mean, and sometimes we really have to listen in to say, why am I here? Why was this put right in front of me? Why did this pop up and, and catch my interest? And there was a gentleman who was suffering deep, deep grief, and he had his mobile phone, and he just asked Siri to play some news. And what started playing was an episode of We Don't Die Radio. And his three-year-old daughter had just passed. And how did that happen? I mean, that's miraculous synchronicity. And since then, it's been wonderful. He's been a listener of the show and has connected with you guys for uh, medium reading and just has, you know, that is divine action going on behind the scenes. Let me ask you a question though, for both of you, because there's people here for the first time and we do call this, we don't die radio. If you were with someone who was at their wits end suffering deep, deep grief, and they asked you, you know, what could you tell me so that I could believe in the afterlife? What would you tell them? Would you have a story to share or, you know, you might just have a short time with someone. I'm just trying to think, reflect, because over the years, there's been so many instances and experiences and, and to lay it in, put it in words, it, every experience we have through grief affects everybody in different ways because we're in individuals. I mean, some of the stories I've been told, I wonder how some people get through life. But again, it shows the amazing strength of how people can cope and, and what they can go through and where they may feel that they're at that, that wit's end or full of grief. But they always find that inner strength mm -hmm. within, the, within them that gets them through. I mean, if we look at present day COVID, whenever it started and we, we've lost some close friends, we've lost people um, within their families and that grief is, is still there and that sorrow is still there. But yet we owe it to inspire other people to keep on walking forward to keep on finding that inner strength and it's through these situations that are the making of us I mean I'm not going to talk about um, particular instances where people say things to us that can sometimes be very patronizing I think we find ourselves in there and we hear some amazing stories of people picking themselves up where there's nothing left for them. And we hear of them going out, public speaking, talking about their journeys. Many people that we've met, um, parents that go out and start uh, charities to help other parents heal. There's fantastic groups out there. And you'd listen to some of them stories and nobody ever wants to be in a, a group like that. But it happens. 
and it sort of puts life in perspective what we've gone through and other people got through there's always somebody else that's going through that little bit more and we can learn from them I mean some of the stories that we've been told I don't want to go into detail because they're private and confidential it's hard to answer that question because it, it, it's their life but sometimes we look at our life and think you know really we've not really experienced anything mm. like these people have mm. to lose a husband to lose a wife to lose a son to lose a daughter to lose a mother or a father that you, all you had in life i think it's amazing how these people carry on start something up in memory and inspire so many hundreds of thousands of people to put a smile on the face to get up in the morning to carry on i think that's wonderful in itself mm-hmm. so again and and to be honest you're one of the strongest people that i know sandra you're one of the people that has gone through these things and you've started something up we don't die that reaches out to so many people you talked about so many followers a million downloads how you reach out every week i mean your dream of starting the gathering you starting something that would help society help humanity you've brought that to people and it's through your story of your grief your looking to life of, of more into the afterlife and researching and what else is there and and you've brought your truth your story alive and you're sharing so i can't think of anyone stronger mm. than sandra mm. herself and people close to us that I can't and share And I think that's probably of. when you said what would you advise somebody who's in that deep grief I think there is something there people think that going to see a medium is going to alleviate the grief it absolutely does not in some way it can compound it and if somebody's holding themselves within that grieving process waiting on the best medium in the world whoever that might be alleviating that grieving process it cannot happen it's it's just grieving is a horrible part of the process but it's also a necessary part to get stuck in that grieving process requires us to um, not accept that life in some way changes we might change form and we might move to that afterlife but to somebody who's grieving there is no proof uh, other than them seeing tangibly the person in the room which I know some people see or hearing a voice and the signs are there but often it is that well research go and have go to we don't die podcast go to have a look at the old pioneers of spiritualism go and see the things that are written down that will at least open their minds to the possibility of there being something else there but not to deflect away from grieving but to allow them to come to terms with the fact that their loved one could in some way still intelligently and emotionally and spiritually in every way be with them in that moment and the more somebody can accept that then there's something happens that's magical in the person that allows them not to stop missing the person but to find a new joy in life and that's what mediumship is about mediumship is about not necessarily speaking to the so-called dead but allowing us to give and offer that form of support and and reassurance to the living to continue living to get the most out of their life to do what they might not have had the time to do had they been stuck in that grief so i don't know if there's any one thing 
but it is about allowing them to find their own way through what is a horrible um, process to have to go through, but ultimately um, necessary. Mm. And I think it's with the gathering where we were, you've given us that opportunity to demonstrate it is about the living. It's about that loved one reaching back out to provide that healing that they are still here, real living on another side in that unseen world, but reaching out through love to actually uplift, inspire the living. Because as the medium, all we can do is relay that information. But at the end of the day, it's their evidence in the way that they want to bring it, their story of life that inspires other people to stand up, to move forward, to regain that life, to inspire other people out there and that that's the real joy when you bring somebody to life telling their story in the way that they want to Mm -hmm. that's the beauty of it and that's what really instills that upliftment in that person that's grieving that says I remember these memories I remember those times and it just lifts us and it's not just the evidence we give it's actually the memories that it evokes with it as well mm. and these one little statements one recently on the Sunday gathering were I said I know you've just told your daughter and um, you love her but she's just repeated back I love you more that little word I love you more those little few words mm. said that's what she used to say that's what we used to say to each other mm. it's those memories those little things those little trinkets those little nuggets that get us by that and lift it, us it's that sort of thing when we're doing a contact on a one-to-one in, in the olden days where we used to go face to face remember those days <laughs> where yes <laughs> where I was doing a reading for a lady and she was she was let's say over 60 and her father had been in the spirit world for some years but as I was working I looked up and she was a, like a little girl being taken down memory lane with all these stories of with her dad and in that moment of being with dad and in his memories I actually felt so honoured to be in this exchange of two people remembering precious memories. And that lady afterwards said, you know what? I'd forgotten half of that, but I really felt my dad there. And that was my dad saying, pick your socks up and get on with life. And it's just when you look at somebody and they come to life because suddenly they can remember and sense and be reminded of how precious life is. And sometimes we take life a little bit for granted and we can't, we never should. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I get the honor of being with you guys with a lot of these online demonstrations that you do. And then our free Sunday gathering, which is our own created inspirational Sunday service. And it's got music and prayer and healing and a reading and an address all very inspirational, but we cap it off. The cherry on top, the cake, so to speak, is um, usually Phil or Carrie, or sometimes we have a guest medium that will come. We'll do evidential demonstration of mediumship for our online community. And so it's pretty great. I have had tears in my eyes many times hearing the reunions, and you can just hear it in people's voices. And like you say, Carrie, when somebody forgets something and you remind them, I, it happens, you know, my book, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death, We Don't Die, you know, in the beginning, I would think, oh, maybe there's, um, they call them, they call them cold readings, just 
I don't know, but I, I would think that there's the mediums have to be fake. They must be picking up on things from people. But when you can accurately tell people details, that shows, doesn't it, that you're talking, you really are with the person that's no longer living. Absolutely. And I think it is it is what we do. And if you watch The Gathering or watch any good medium, every contact's different. There might be slight similarities in there, but every contact's different. And it should be mothers, fathers, sons, daughters, brothers, sisters, the milkman, the butcher, the candlestick maker, all these people that have inspired you or touched your life can come through. Um, we get told a lot of times, or we've been taught this way, and it's like a shopping list. Well, they all sound the same. Every, every, we follow that list. So again, it's telling, like I said before, telling their story in the way that they want it told with the evidence they give. And we don't judge. We just repeat. We express. We give it how they give it to us. Mm. And we're just trained to do it in a proficient manner, knowing what we're doing through that mechanics where we were taught and inspired by people like Paul Jacobs, Jock MacArthur and people like that. It, but it, it's bringing that truth alive with the evidence that we can't perceive it's been given by that intelligence of the spirit world, that loved one, but it's done at the right time, the right moment, with the right words, with the right compassion, with emotion, with the presence. It all adds to it. And that's the beauty and magic of mm -hmm. mediumship because it does touch not just the recipient, but those that are listening as well. The amount of emails we've had saying, well, it wasn't my contact, but you could feel the emotion, you could feel the love, you could see it, and I was crying as well. So again, it shows when you're in that, what makes a good contact is not just objective and emotional, but the presence of the mm -hmm. spirit world is there mm -hmm. as well. Because if we look at it, if we're temporarily going to pop Phil and I into the spirit world, and we want to reach out to you, Sandra, and we need to find a medium. Who are we going to find? A medium whose shopping list is, I want your name, your date, your occupation, when you died, what you died of, um, and what relationship you are. Or are we going to go to a medium who's going to be able to give the story that we want to give you? Because we know that you know some things about us that everybody else doesn't. That's true. <laughs> But wouldn't that be fantastic if we could find a medium who'd be able to say, you remember that time at such and such where you did this and that. I mean, that's lovely evidence. I can guarantee you that ain't on no shopping list. It is when that medium can surrender to Phil or I and allow us to give them something and them not to need to know what it is beforehand just to share that in a way that honestly represents us, then everybody else that knew us will be saying, I know that message is for Sandra, but that was so how Phil was. And you, we, we get, we remembered, because we've got to remember these people in the spirit world aren't energies or, or anything other than living people that want to be remembered in the way that they were here, not through some medium's perception of it, but truly expressed through um, in their own personality. And I think, wouldn't it be lovely if we didn't need mediums to be reminded that our loved ones are there? And some of us, you know, I don't get that many contacts. That's the bad side about doing what we do. We don't actually get very many contacts ourselves, but I know my loved ones are there. So I, I wonder, 
I, what would I be sharing about myself if I, was, if I was in the spirit world? And for those of you out there, it's a way of thinking, wow, of all the years I've been on the planet, what evidence would I give to a medium so that my loved ones would know it was me? It's mind blowing. Mm. And and those that know us and you'd like Kerry said, Sandra, you know us quite well. You know we've got senses of humour. So again, um, you'll know exactly if it's us and people will be able to recognise us by it. But again, the spirit world has a sense of humour. Our loved ones have a sense of humour. You do not know what's coming next. There's no script for mediumship. You're in the moment, you're bringing them alive, and you've got to, as it comes out, you've got to check what you say. Oh, I can't quite say that. And we have to be responsible with it. So again, as we are. Uh, and our characters in life, there's still that character in, in, in um, the spirit world. And I always remember probably the first contact I ever gave in a church and I turned up and I wasn't quite sure how I was meant to be dressed. So I went smart, but I thought I'll not be too smart. I won't put a tie on. And uh, as I got there, the president said, where's your tie? And I'm thinking, you know, my word. And he said, well, I'll let it go this time because you knew. And I thought, OK, and the first contact out was her mother from the spirit world who used to be a medium. And the first thing you heard was, where's your tie? And I thought, oh, my God, I'm getting dressed down by the spirit world now. So, again, they've got a sense of humour. But I always remember it. And ever since I've always worn a tie when I'm demonstrating, I'm meeting somebody's loved one. We want to set a good impression as we meet everyone on screen. We do with the spirit world as well. So, uh, again, it's that respect. It's it's everything about us. I mean, I joke with people in my family when I come back, I'm going to haunt them sort of thing. And, and they know my sense of humour. Um, so they know I'm only kidding and that doesn't happen. But they know that it's just who I am. So I come out with something mm -hmm. daft when I come, come through. Oh, you guys are funny. I was just thinking we got to share some time at Disney World and ride roller coasters together. And not too long ago on the Sunday gathering, I don't think she'd mind saying this, but uh, a woman's husband had come through and you told the story of them being caught in the rain and her being dragged on the roller coasters by him and her getting sick and just like boom, 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 boom. And it's just beautiful because it just, she remembered and she laughed and Oh, you know, it just brings so much joy to people and, um, and they're not gone. And I love how you say, you know, they're just, they're real people. And for people that don't know, there's a lot of schools of mediumship that teach people, okay, you've got to find out how they died, where they lived, how old they were, how tall they were, you know, all these different things. And can you explain a little bit about that, how it's like meeting a person for the first time and letting them tell you what they want absolutely yeah it, it, it is very much like meeting somebody for the first time and if we go back before covid where we could shake hands it's like how do you do pleased to meet you i'm phil sort of thing. so the, the, it is getting to know that person as you would do here that's that exchange where we we blend with them they pass that information we feel that information but we've got to become them we've got what we call got a blend in the essence of the communicator that's allowing us to give their evidence in the way that they want to in 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 such a way and, and like i just said we don't have a script so again it can be anything that comes through we've got to be open-minded to it and just say okay that's not of my mind i'm going to share that and follow those breadcrumbs follow that trick chain of events following from the soul not from the mind saying well i want this i want that let's imagine it i go to let's say we've never met before um sandra what's your name what do you do 
come on then tell me get come on get on with it sort of thing what you what you doing this what are you doing tomorrow what do you do it's question after question it's impersonal it, it's not getting to know somebody so as a medium we we train people to blend sit in that essence uh, and get to know them share that information mm. back with them this is who i am and and to hear the spirit world after delivering a contact to somebody say thank you very much that's just my story that's the way it, it's very humble humbling isn't it and i think when we're working with different characters we have to appreciate the different characters in the spirit world as if we were meeting them in the street so if we come across Phil, you're now shy and retiring. Okay? That's me anyway. <laughs> so if I were to meet Phil and he didn't know me and I met him in the street, Phil would not give an awful lot away straight away. I would need to get to know him before he told me his name and his darkest fear or his his potential thought or where he wants to get to or the vulnerabilities. I would really need to get to know him. And that's the real Phil. When he goes to the spirit world, as a medium, I still need to give that setting for Phil to get to know me before I speak on behalf of him. Whereas if I were to meet you, Sandra, in the street and we didn't know one another, you'd say, oh, hi, my name is and I do this and I and oh, this is my journey. And we would just start speaking. There would not be that need for me to prize and give that space and build that trust in the same way because we would just be communicating more freely because of who you are so if you're in the spirit world suddenly then you're going to maybe take less time to get to know me before you share your most vulnerable spot with me so as a medium we've got to be respectful of the different people and people say well why was that an emotional I was lots of emotion there and that was all hard facts because everybody wants the hard facts well actually that must have been a person who was very emotively driven and was so in touch with their emotions and very tactile but maybe this person was not in touch with their emotions and everything was factual that's what the contacts are going to be like so if we've got the shopping list that applies to all but in actual fact a shopping list to you just won't work because he'd rip it up and go and find another medium <laughs> exactly i would uh, absolutely uh, and it's the way that we teach and train people is not to go looking for the spirit world is to build that power up and create a space for the spirit world to come in and introduce themselves to you hi i'm dad hi i'm mum and you're just expressing their story and their emanation of what they want to bring in the way that they do it and again this is why every contact should be different you're getting to know somebody you're getting to meet them you're getting to introduce yourself that's what's taking place and this is the magic of mediumship is that because we've developed this ability we have the real gift and real honor of doing that for people uh, and for me that's the that's the gift is meeting somebody's loved one and telling their story bringing them alive laughing along and, and even as we do that we forget about ourselves. the spotlight's on us but actually it's not all about us it's about your loved one so we fade into the background and if we do our job properly we bring them alive we forget ourselves we forget about those nerves in front of us we forget about the 500 people watching us on screen the thousand on facebook and over the, the, the last six months the 20 odd thousand 30 thousand has been watching frightens the life out of me when i think about that but again 
we get past that because we get caught in that magical moment that's called the end of essence. And this is where the joy comes, really comes, is that we don't have to try. We don't have to have a sense of humor. We just follow them and become them and express them. And, and it all shows. And sometimes I catch myself afterwards and I, I look at Kerry sometimes and think this shy, intelligent lady that likes to please and make people happy all of a sudden gets a little bit grumpy, a little bit, because that's the person that's coming through. And it, it's magical to watch that that essence and that, that blend take place. And, and we see many mediums and we've mentioned a few and and we see that joy take place and we like kerry said you then see the recipient the the, the mature lady that's turned to the school girl again or, or the the big gruff gentleman that's six foot tall and built like a brick outhouse just starts to cry and starts to go as that little it's magical to watch those moments and, and for me it's one of the biggest wonders of the world that through an intelligence, we can perceive and receive information just like a, a phone call on your mobile phone and just relay it through to somebody. It's magical because once that magic happens, the, the amount of healing, the comfort it brings and then the joy it brings, and it doesn't just last for that time of contact. It can last for a lifetime. I still remember the first contact I got off a loved one. It still chokes me today. I still remember where it was, who delivered it in the way they delivered it. And I still remember people like watching Gordon Higginson, Glenn Edwards, Paul Jacobs, and thinking to myself, that's mediumship. A lot different to what I was surrounded to when I first started to come into mediumship. And I think we should remember what mediumship is about. It's about healing. So if you look on, on everybody in the world that has anything to do with any kind of form of healing, whether it be emotional, psychological, or physical, or spiritual, everybody has that role of the healer. We choose as a society to maybe um, be more curious about that which we don't understand. Now, doctors, nurses, teachers, um, carers, there's a level of understanding. And what we've found is that, that there's sometimes that level of understanding about mediumship that isn't so understood as other forms of healing. And therefore, that lack of understanding can cause there to be either a misunderstanding or worse still, for it to be revered in some way. But what we've got to be aware of is our job is to demystify mediumship, demystify life after death, demystify this psychic ability that we all have, demystify what other people might look to complicate. Because what we want is for people to understand that their loved ones are very close and to understand the power of knowing that we live on afterwards well, that kind of frees us up to do what we can in this life and really make a difference in this life, knowing that we can continue that after physical death. And we know in history, um, I was listening to uh, a gentleman who has a place in Canada and is a very well-known medium, and he was doing an address and he spoke about just how much spiritualism and the spirit world has impacted life moving forward how it's impacted of influence positively and how much difference mediumship can make if it's used correctly and that doesn't mean tv mediumship that doesn't mean 
um, naming lights. That means leaving people with a question that asks them, hmm, how did she know that? And starts opening up their own journey. Mediumship is about healing, but it's also about allowing somebody to prize open that little seed of curiosity that unfolds slowly into their own spiritual journey. And if we can do that on a Sunday or any private reading or any tutorial or indeed this interview or any of your podcasts, if that plants the seed of curiosity within somebody to go and research the pioneers or listen to more of your podcasts or go and find out about spiritism, spirituality, spiritualism, any of that, then our job's done because the only truth that's there is the truth that that person has at that moment. There's no truth that's a wrong if it's helping that person. I had one person that said to me, well, what if you get to the spirit world and you find out that everything you've ever known was wrong? I said, I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. I had a belief, I had an understanding and it didn't cause me any harm nor anybody else any harm and I certainly didn't push it on anybody and I didn't force anybody to believe the same as me because everybody has their own truth as there are people on the planet but if we find within ourselves that certain something then it can only be added to by asking questions I remember my mum and dad always saying to me I always asked why and how why why that's just my nature so we can ask other people well why or how or what job done mm. and i think over the 22 weeks 23 weeks of the sunday gathering we've planted so many seeds that saplings have grown grown from that are asking questions now i mean there's some people that are contacting me from religions i've never heard of and they're very curious and they want a sitting or a reading or they just want to talk about it because a lot of people think this is just what we do we talk to so many people that get in touch that have so many questions and we set up meetings with them just to chat through things they thought it is about inspiring the living it's about creating change even to the the concept of the idea of the sunday gathering with you sandra and darren and later with kerry talking about it actually we've taken that step something different that's not some people say it's not acceptable to do it but yet we've grabbed the whole bull by the horns and said look we can reach out we can support we can encourage we can serve we can heal and we can give something back to society to create a change and i i actually feel through being that medium and having that platform that we're able to reach out to people to see let people experience what it really is that would either hear a myth or, or an aspersion about it and it's opened their minds and their hearts to what else is there in life asking that question what is life about and that's the spiritualization of them growing so again the medium's job is to bring that evidence through that can bring healing that can beyond doubt give that evidence there's an afterlife then like Kerry said it's that moment where they question life they question themselves they question their belief and it's that journey where they start to go on and if we can do that for one or more person 
people, then it's absolutely great because we're helping them evolve. We're helping them grow. We're helping them spiritualize. And to me, that's what life's about and what spiritualism is about, about mediumship as well. Carrie, you mentioned that we're all psychic. And I know I live with my mom now. And there are so many times that we're doing something completely random. And her and I think the same thought at the exact same time. I mean, it's happening all the time now. And it's, it's really fun to watch mom because, you know, I believe in all of this. But, you know, she comes from a different generation and she wishes me well on my journey. But some of this seems a little far-fetched. But there's no doubt about these psychic hits that we get. And I'm sure everyone who's watching maybe has had a time you knew who's calling on the phone before it rings or you, you have the, that sense. Can you talk a little bit about our psychic nature and, and what is it about us that we keep when our body dies? How does it all work? Yeah. When we see psychic, a lot of people get it confused with mediumship and it's, it's the part of us that is inherently who we are. We are naturally very psychic Every single person on the planet is naturally psychic. The world's just got a little bit too fast and too easy. So we don't need to use our psychic ability as much. And when we do, we discount it. So if we have a look at the very nature and personality of who we are is within our soul. So our soul is the part of us that was existing before it decided to take form and it's a very part of us with our intelligence and all of our memories that will go back to the spirit world afterwards and the soul is we taught you here is talking about sitting in the essence of a, the communicator's soul or sitting with the essence of the person um, or the emanation of the person or the emanation of the soul is the aura is the auric field so anybody that has an aura that can sense another person's aura can be psychic. It's understanding how to um, use and work with and appreciate the memories of somebody else that you're coming in contact with. So when we're working, if I were working with you, for instance, Sandra, and you're still living for the moment, okay? I'm not Thanks. stuck in the spirit world yet. Um, then I'd be working psychically because I would use all part of my gut feeling, that soulfulness of me, the very part of me that senses things beyond the physical. I'm able to pick up your life story from your very first memory right through to what you had for breakfast this morning. But if I do it well, then I can go into it and allow you through me blending with your energy to get an idea of what your life has been like. And a good psychic reading, for instance, should remind you of who you are, who you can be, what the difficulties in your life are just now and remind you of who you were that you still are to deal with that not to tell you your future so the psychic ability is there in everybody now if i were to stick you in the spirit world it would be murder and i wouldn't want that at all but i was to then read you because you don't have that body it then becomes mediumship. I still use my soul. I still use all my extra non-physical senses to pick up parts of your journey and your story. 
So when we talk about that psychicism, what we're doing is reminding ourselves how to um, understand the pictures, the sounds and the feelings that we can pick up. Now, people think that's all mediumship, but clairvoyance, to give us this fancy name, clairvoyance, clairaudience and clairsentience all exist within the psychic area, the psychic faculty. So I could see what you had for breakfast this morning but it's not mediumship it would be psychic that i'd be picking that up so everybody senses if they walk into a room and they can pick up if somebody's argued or if somebody is liking somebody else but isn't really saying it or there's a something in the air that's just us sensing through this auric field we have the emanation of our soul the etheric body it's the part of us that exists once this physical body's gone the intelligence the personality is left that's all psychic is mm. it sounds very simple but it's it's um we can often make it complicated for ourselves it is it, it is it, the psychic is the true expression of self it, it's we're all part of that great divine we're all connected through that soul we feel things mentally emotionally and physically and we emanate those feelings we were able to receive feelings from each other anything that's got life running through it we can blend with we can feel because we are living we've all touched that god force or we all should touch that god force at least once in our life that doesn't mean you have to be a religious person it's been empathic it's been sensitive being aware of what kerry said the gut instinct the soul the feelings we feel about people the more that we engage in this then the more stronger it becomes the more tangible it becomes and those feelings and we know we feel before we think it's those feelings that oppress upon us that's why we know it can oppress the mind the mental side it can as we think somebody it strikes our emotions as it strikes strikes our emotions we have a physical reaction from it so again this psychic we're all part of it how does the rabbit come out of the warren hole and know that the fox is downwind it's just got a sense we're connected in one way shape or form through that um, divine source of life that creative source of life and this is what we need to everybody understand and some people put it down to coincidence synchronicities but actually there's an empathy when we meet somebody we go oh, we don't like you or we like or we meet somebody we go they're interesting they're nice and it, it, and it can be quite platonic but the soul has recognized an energy, a source within them that can that's emanated across. And Kerry mentioned the auric field, which is just an extension of the nervous system in this unseen place, the energy around us that's just blended with us. And it's struck our soul and it's become a feeling that's impressed upon us. This is why we react. And it's not just with a living, we can go into a building, we feel things because there's an imprint of energy. There's been a, um, a life force that's run through and it's left an imprint there and we're able to detect it. And this is that, but we have to know, like Kerry said, what is psychic, what is mediumship? Because there's a huge difference with it. And it's once we understand self, and this is why we keep people in this place of training, the psychic, the soul, the feeling place, the bit that nobody likes, because we've got to really get to know ourselves. The more that we get to know ourselves and how we react, how things impress upon us, how we um, interact with people, then that's when we're in that place where we can understand somebody else from the spirit world and express what their soul is. 
I mean, Kerry used those fancy terms of clairvoyance, clairaudience, and clairsentience, and people are going, what's that? Um, if we think in layman's terms and we look at it as in like the daydream state that we naturally go into and we see all these images, that's clairvoyance. That's what the spirit world uses. That's what your soul, as we grow that power with inside us, uses to bring these stories alive. Same when we hear people say, oh, tell me that again. Nonsense. We hear the spirit world, but it's through their own voice box and it sounds like it's coming from external, but it's all within, especially within mental mediumship. Then we've got physical mediumship that can be on the opposite side that really is objective, that really questions science and makes you think there's a whole journey going on here. But it's only your journey through the true expression of self that we start to discover, that we start to explore, that we start to find, that we start to realize who we really are. We've all had those moments where we think we're not engaging. We just want to take a step back from life. Like the COVID period, we've all had that opportunity to step back. We've all pondered life. And it's that that we've gone into that pondering, that wondering, that thinking, that daydream state getting to know each other and bringing our expressions, bringing our feelings to life. And it's it's understanding that power that we all create and emanate that other people perceive. We walk past somebody in the shopping centre and we go, we've sort of met you before, or we sort of have that understanding. It's your soul meeting another soul, recognises certain traits, ex experiences within that person. And that's where we need to look at and build for, to get to know each other through what we call the psychic faculty. The psychic faculty is a huge part of mediumship, or should I say mediumship is a, a small part of the psychic faculty. I love it. And I love, you know, there's been people that don't think they have it or can't do it. And you've had people close their eyes and imagine themselves walking up to their front door and you can see your front door and you listen to your keys on the keychain and you get a feeling about what it's like to be in your living room, you know, all those things. And if you can do that, you can do this. Certainly there's training and, and things to do as well. But I think that's one of our God-given gifts is, is to have this soul power. And just a quick story. I remember one of your classes, because I've, when we could travel the world and be together, <laughs> uh, I remember having a, a gentleman in front of me and, you know, I get so nervous anytime I try this. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that. But I, I get nervous. I, I really do. I don't want to be wrong. And I don't think it is, I can do this. And what came into my imagination was a picture of my dad and my dad in the Air Force. And I brushed it off and I went looking for information. And then I got too nervous and then I stopped. Well, had I actually said what was there, was this man's father was in the Air Force. And it just, just like my dad, you know, and just say what's there. That's one of the biggest things. It's one of the most surprising journeys. This is what's so magical about because we're working together with an unseen world and unseen intelligence and just pulling things from our memory to make us think of these things. And when we think of the communication that's taking place, these similarities, these synchronicities, why am I seeing my grandmother, my grandfather, my mum, my father, my son, my daughter? Because we're, we're communicating with that unseen world, but they're using the simplest form of language to get us to that but we don't trust ourselves. We don't believe ourselves. Life knocks it out of us. Mums, fathers, schools, authority, employees, stop being soft, stop feeling, deal with facts. 
we're learning a new language of empathy feelings to understand the expression of the soul to understand the expression of the communicator and these are the things that we've got to really explore is that journey of self what's getting in our way what's coming up for us why am i seeing this all these logical questions we're taught in life to push to one side so again it's setting the self free really developing self getting to know the real you and letting yourself flower blossom i mean what we see today is a lot of people isn't it almost like trying to rush to the end product or in competition but when do you ever see a flower on a tree blossom in competition with another they just blossom blossom and flourish together and this is what we need to do we need to look at ourselves like a flower or a bud that's opening that's becoming giving that water giving that sunlight but it's giving that nurturing giving that truth to our soul to blossom to bloom to flower to create to give that scent off to really spread the word of the spirit world and these are the things we've got to really look at mm -hmm. as well mm -hmm. Carrie, I wanted to ask you, um, this goes for everybody, I think. There's times where I feel and others feel, maybe in a dream or in the morning or just before bed, we get a memory from our loved one. Is that our imagination or could that be them? I was actually, as Phil was speaking, that was what I was about to say. <laughs> oh, you must be psychic. Psychic. <laughs> really? <laughs> Absolutely, hand on heart. Um, because when we're in those moments, because as Phil was speaking there, I was um, it was dropped into my mind about how people say, well, when I'm looking for my keys and I suddenly have a thought, is that the spirit world? Well, maybe. If I suddenly have a memory about the, the, the plate that sat on my grandmother's worktop, is that the spirit world? Well, maybe. And as we begin to see the synchronicity of those timings, then we begin to see that they're not random, they're not haphazard, but in that place where we're just about to fall asleep and just about to wake up, we're in that place where our, our conscious mind is more removed, we're, we're not sleeping, but we're, we're not in full alertness because when we're in full alertness, our mind's job is to stay rational, logical and on point and ahead of everybody else. So really the spirit world don't stand a chance unless we begin to slow down. And that happens in that bit between falling asleep and waking up. So the amount of people that will say to us, I'm sure I heard my mum call my voice my name. I'm sure I heard my dad's voice shout out a phrase he always said, or I'm sure I heard my dog bark, or I'm sure I heard my child call out mum. Then that absolutely happens because we're so easily impressed by the spirit world when that clever part of us that knows better is out the way and is nearly sleeping, our subconscious brain and our soul is more able to sense the spirit world. So absolutely. And then we got the people that, that say, well, I woke up and it was just like they were next to me. It was like a dream and they were next to me. Well, absolutely. There's something to be dreaming that you wake up in the morning and you think, Oh, I knew I had a dream about something, but I can't remember. I often have those. I normally wake him up talking. But when we... Regular. <laughs> oh, yeah, but you snore, Phil, so... Yeah, <laughs> <It blends up. laughs> 
<laughs> but when we have that dream where we wake up and it's as if we have been living and breathing with our loved ones in the spirit world, these are the moments where we have to accept that it's not our imagination because our imagination lives in that space where our conscious mind can't control. It cannot remember. It cannot pluck it down and bring it back. But when they're vivid and they're in our soul and our hearts and our minds, these are moments that our spirit world take to either reach out because it's maybe an anniversary or reach out because we might be having some tougher times than normal to support us or reach out just because we need to know they're there. Those are the moments that we remember. So we need to get our conscious mind out of the way. Absolutely, the spirit world will impress upon us in the moments that we're daydreaming. Phil talked about the daydream state. Many people will say, well, when I'm driving or when I'm walking or when I'm out in nature, my mind just drifts the conscious mind and suddenly I just seem to be able to go down memory lane and I feel like the spirit world's there with me. Hmm, funny that. And it's just allowing yourself and that place can't be thought to. You can't think your way there. In fact, thinking does the exact opposite thing of getting you to that space. It's allowing yourself to naturally move to that place and it's we can train ourselves to get there. We can, whether it's meditation, whether it's sitting for the spirit world, sitting in the power, there's all sorts of different names for it, but it's just allowing ourselves to be. And when we're thinking our way there, we're not being, we're trying, and they have different energies about them. If you think of the energy of the word trying and the energy of the word being, I know which one I'd rather be, mm. is the being part. That's why we train. And what the question you've asked, Sandra, and Kerry has explained really well, is where that daydream state, the consciousness has moved. And just at that split second, the spirit world can drop that picture in. So anybody's entitled to that communication in that place. And this is what the spirit world look for doing when we go to sleep. But we put it down to the imagination and push it to one side. But actually, the trained medium, that's where they're moving their consciousness to as they speak on the Sunday gathering in demonstrations, private readings. As we start to blend with the spirit world, the mind starts to move there. There's less of that conscious control and more of the subconscious that can be impressed by the daydream state, whether it's hearing, seeing or whichever. But again, when we know the spirit world do it, it's magical. We did it in Boston in, in the sitting in the power. And somebody said, I've been trying that for so many years. I got to see my son. He just came. And, and it's when we're not trying, just being in that magical space, how they can impress that intelligence on the mind is incredible. Mm -hmm. And the stories we get told and we've shared with you and you've shared with us, it's amazing. That those. This is what makes mediumship or the psychic um, very magical. Well, will you mention or talk about a little bit what sitting in the power is? You've mentioned it a couple of times and just this could be a new term for some folks. Yeah, sitting in the power, it, it really is about building a space for the spirit world. It really is about giving yourself to the spirit world. And when we say giving yourself, you know, you're not putting yourself on a cross, you're not throwing yourself through and doing anything dangerous. It really is about sitting, being mindful of self and creating a space within side, within self to go and touch that God force, to touch that divine 
essence and people say well how do you know you're there well it's moment of just being in that magic so again we're breathing we're being mindful and as we're being mindful we become more aware of our surroundings so if we sat now and we just asked everyone to close their eyes and just to breathe in and breathe out nice and gently and quieten the mind and be aware of where you're sitting be aware of the location we start to receive and it's almost in a sense that we stand in a darkened room our senses come alive well sitting in the power is very much the same we're sitting within that energy of self building being mindful really expanding that auric field and becoming more sensitive we're, we're able to perceive more feel more become more sensitive almost like you're tuning an instrument and the more that we do this the consciousness is shifting the consciousness is raising and we're reaching out to that god force and it's at that moment we're just being giving our love and we're going where the consciousness carry just talked about where it's almost going to sleep but it's not really it's just heightened mm -hmm. actually that's where the spirit world can impress upon us and it's that journey letting that power flow through us of that divine source that can give us such a wonderful experience but also affect our imagination because they can grab the consciousness probably grabs not the right word impress upon the consciousness uh, and give us that clairvoyant Im image or hear our loved ones speak and it's almost working within that conscious state of a particular vibration uh, a particular level of frequency because we're changing almost the, the perception of self by sitting and breathing and people might think well that sounds strange but these practices have been around since man was born we're looking at the eastern cultures that practice this the different techniques where the breathing slows they become more sensitive it's fine tuning allowing the mind to heighten to touch that life force around us that can impress upon us give us a feeling give us a picture give us a sound it's understanding that purpose mm -hmm. but also elevating the mind and soul where you lose that consciousness of self you lose that physicality of self you don't feel your limbs you're in that space of just consciousness where these impressions from that unseen world can really impress upon the mind it can also be the place where as we begin to ask those questions say we've been to a medium and they plant the seed of curiosity and we begin to unfold our own spiritual journey then when we sit in that space of self, we get to know ourselves a little bit better because how often do we take that quiet time to sit within ourselves with our own memories uh, and work through the hurts, the joys, the extremes of life, and then we get to know ourselves a bit better and knowing ourselves better is always in the recipe book for developing psychicism and mediumship. It always is fundamentally there. And the more you have, I mean, you can't go wrong. The, you can't have too much of knowing self. The more you have is always going to help towards any ability of sensitizing. In the olden days, before we were witches, we were sensitive. That's what we were called, because we were sensitive to energies we were sensitive to the spirit world we were sensitive to other people's emotions we were empathic that's what we were and when you sit in that quiet space phil spoke about we begin to understand ourselves a little bit more because we have to if we're working with another person's energy or the spirit world's energy we need to be able to still our own 
Because how can we pick up the emotions of another if our own energy is going boom, boom, boom? We need to be able to just settle down within our own space to sense those subtle movements of the spirit world coming in or the subtleties of being able to blend with another person's emotions. So knowing self and sitting in the power are like this as well. It's not always about the spirit world. It can and is, but not always. For those of you that have no interest to be a, a medium or a psychic, it will bring you closer to you. And when we don't sit, we sit regularly. When we don't sit, we feel a bit out of kilter because we haven't reconnected with ourselves. It's it's really, really important for us to feel that connection, to feel back grounded and to allow ourselves to be because the, the, the world works at a fast pace. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And if we think ourselves, and to put it in layman's terms, if we think of ourselves as, as an instrument that has different tones, different notes, that sitting in the power is allowing you to tune yourself to those different vibrations, notes and tones, and being more sensitive and empathic to it, learning so much about self. It's interesting. I just got the visual in my mind. I often say that sitting in the power, I compare it to a mobile phone or cell phone. You need to plug it in so it will work. And then I just got this. Has anyone ever traveled somewhere and you only get one bar of service and you can't really make a call because you don't know if it's going to work or not? So sitting in the power really just strengthens it. So you get tons of bars of service. (laughs) Anyways, I'm going to ask you a not a not a difficult question to answer, but a difficult question to ask. There are many of us whose loved one has moved into the spirit world through tremendous suffering, through suicide, through a parent having a child go in even now in times of COVID, there've been many relatives and loved ones who have passed into the spirit world being all alone. Could you just speak about the spirit world a little, how they're greeted? Are they okay? Are they healthy and well? Um, Just what do you know? Are we punished if we go by our own hand? Any of that? Absolutely. There's this part of us that wants to know that everybody is okay because we love and we miss the people that were important in our lives. And there are some religions, some understandings, some beliefs that say that if we take ourselves there, that we go to a different place or we have some place in between place that we go to. In my experience, and I'm sure Phil would agree with this. Absolutely. There has never been any information, any um, way other than we went to the same place. Granddad met me. Dad met me. Brother met me. So I've never had any information that says that they go to anywhere else or that they're punished or that they're not welcomed in exactly the same way. When we are in physical form, we're breathing and we're here. When we stop breathing, we're there. It's as simple as that. We don't go anywhere else. There is nowhere else. There might be different parts of the spirit world that are beyond my understanding just now. But from what the spirit world has shared with me is you're either breathing here in the physical body or you are existing in a place 
that is very much part of this world, that question of are we in their world or are they in our world? But what I don't believe is that they're way up there in heaven and there's a bus full of them come down every time there's a demonstration and they come a long way to visit us. I don't believe that. I can't believe that because everything about what I've experienced and been told by people says that it's worlds within worlds. Scientifically, one day, I hope to be able to um, explain it in simple terms. But for now, I understand it to be world within worlds and that no matter how somebody passes, even if it's alone, then immediately on entering the spirit world because we've taken our last breath. Everybody that's gone before us that we would like to be there waiting on us is there. We get a question of, oh, well, when my dad went, my dad and my mum, they wouldn't have been in the same room together for more than five minutes. Well, if that's the case, then who are we to say anything different to that? But we do know that life exists and learning exists beyond this world. I have a lovely gentleman who was a, a great friend and teacher of mine called Jock, who went to the spirit world and very, very quickly came back and said, in a Scottish accent, I'll not even try and duplicate. You know what? It's not quite as I thought, but I thought I would know more than I do, but I've still got to continue to learn. And I was thinking, boy, if he's got to continue to learn, I can only imagine how much I'm going to have to continue to learn when I get to the spirit side. So we don't become archangels all knowing. Um, we don't? No. Nope. Wow. I don't even know if we get our wings. Well, I'm maybe not going to get mine. But we do get to a place where we understand a little bit more. And I firmly believe that. If we want to share a space in the spirit world with other people we've shared life with, then absolutely that takes place. Because if we look at the common denominator between us and other people, it's that love. It's that thing that holds us together, that makes us want to spend time with one another. And then if we don't want to spend time with one another, maybe we gain an appreciation and an understanding of the other person that allows us to be closer together with them. Hmm. I think the spirit world is an unconditional love. And I think all differences are put aside. There's no judgment. It is unconditional love. There's been so many times where, like Kerry said, oh, my parents will never be together. But in the contact, they come together. It's for the greater good of the person here. It's about putting all differences aside. And if we look at when we look at some of the pioneers like Leslie Flint, where people have come through in, in through the independent voice box and spoke about it, they talk about the spirit world as one place to go, whether they've, I mean, there's one, um, I, can't, I wish I could remember his name, but he's, he was the chief executioner for um, the UK. And he came back through and he had apology to make because he said, I took somebody's life that didn't deserve it. This is my job. I accept what I do. But he says, when I was received here in the spirit world, I was greeted with love. I was greeted with open arms. My loved ones were there. I met up with a sea of souls. I was a droplet um, within that ocean. And again, it proves that we all go to that same place. I mean, some of the answers we'll never know until we get there. But like Kerry said, 
but the, the contacts that we've done, we've had nothing there that said to us there's a different place that people go to if they pass by their own hands. I know from I've many a friend uh, and people very close to me that have taken their life and gone that way. Never have I w received a conversation say that they've, they've been punished or anything else. And sometimes I hear these stories what so-called people have told other people, and I, I, I cringe. I feel sorry because never had any proof we could be wrong but I, i'm sure we're not on this and i've never when i've had that conversation with the spirit world through people in deep trance they come back and they say the exact same place this is a world of peace this is a world of love everyone's together joined together in that divine source that creative force of life and we live a harmonious life I mean, again, through the mediumship of Leslie Flint, that there's people that talk about what it's like to go to the spirit world, that the flowers are so much brighter, so much vivid, the scent is so much stronger, the sun, that everything is so poignant, and you hear them come back and talk about it. Uh, and even where I questioned it, because this is how my mind is, and I look for a character and there's one of them, Marilyn Monroe, that comes through and talks and we all think, well, it's a celebrity and all the rest. But actually, there's so many recordings of Marilyn Monroe that you can actually compare the voice and the voice is absolutely pinpoint the tone everything even on the meters were showing up and you think you, you can't mimic like that you you can't be a ventriloquist and, and repeat that voice so again there's so much proof of we look there but again it's a world that is of love a world that is of forgiving a word a word a world of understanding and that's where we need to learn from really and that's the, as you start to see that and know that your loved ones are in a better place when I say a better place, knowing that they're loved, knowing they're with people that you've gone before you. And this is why a lot of people say that that's their choice to go that way or, or, or decide to pass that way. That's their right. We shouldn't judge. And, and, and like Kerry mentioned about certain authorities or religions that don't appreciate that fact, who are we to judge? We, we, we really can't. And, and Again, we've not had that proof. So again, all we know is that that place that we go to is pure love. Yeah. How about children? Are they being looked after till we get there? Would you leave a child of left alone? Absolutely not. Uh, and it's the same with the spirit world. Every time a child has come through, there's always an adult there being look, looking after them, raising them in the spirit world, tutoring them in the spirit world, being run right by them in the spirit world. So again, the, the character doesn't change. It, who they are is very much who they will be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You mentioned the flowers in in the the smells. Do we? Do you think we get to still taste and uh, some of the other senses that we have here? Well, some of the contacts I've done, because I used to think that if you don't have physical nostrils, how can you smell? If you don't have physical taste buds, how can you taste? But then I had um, a contact that said that they'd seen somebody drinking wine and had gone in and smelled the wine and they were, they'd had a vineyard themselves and had smelled the wine and that it wasn't that good a wine. So I'm thinking, are they joking? Or are they really being able to smell? And if we if we look at the clear sentience has all the other faculties within it, the sight, the sound, the taste, the smell, then we're if I were to say to everybody watching, imagine the smell 
of freshly baked bread. In some way, your mind can conjure up that smell. If I were to say, imagine the taste of your favourite dish, in some way, your mouth will start to salivate and your tongue will be able to taste it. So for me, I think there is a way to be able to firstly remember the taste, but also appreciate the smells and the taste. And the spirit world have said many times that the spirit world is more vivid in every way. There's colours without names. There are sounds without um, the pitch that we can hear it. Then I would imagine that there's a place that people can wander and be and socialise and come together in a way that allows them to interact. How they do it? Well, what I know for sure is that one day I'll find out. And when I do, Sandra, if I go first, I'll come back and tell you. Please do. I've interviewed now, this is now episode 350, and there's some common things. And uh, one of the things that I've learned and heard is we can really be our perfect age, our perfect physical shape. If we didn't have our teeth, we have teeth. If we had glasses, we don't have them. Uh, I had met a beautiful woman um, who's a spirit artist after my dad died. And I, I believed in the afterlife. I was going through deep grief. And she drew a picture of my dad as if he was in his 20s in the Air Force and also gave me some real deal detailed information that no one could know very personal conversation that dad and I had. And she says, that's the age he chooses to be. And I just think that's great. You know, we're, we're healthy, we're restored. And another thing is when they, people come back from some of these near death experiences, there's no words to describe really what they felt. And I think our minds, even if we had this conversation and we knew we, we couldn't describe because it's just so far out of, what what we know as human beings. So there's some good things in, in store is what I'm going to say. Um, but I want to ask you now, it's been a long time since I've seen you face to face, which makes me very sad. This COVID-19 very brutally and cruelly disrupted everyone's lives in so many horrific ways. Can we talk about the changing of mediumship? I mean, how has it been for you guys? I mean, you're no longer able to travel and do your courses and do your demonstrations. Can you talk about this new world that we're in regarding mediumship? We both look at each other. Who's going to speak <laughs> first? Um, it, it has been a drastic change. I've got, I've got to admit, it, 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 we can either you can either sit back and rest on our laurels, but again, it's not what mediumship's about and not being in service to the spirit world. So we, we can't do that. So we, like I said earlier on, we grab the bull by the horns, but it really has changed. It, the, the mediumship, we can't work the same as we work within a spiritualist church. We can't just randomly pick somebody out of a, of a, a screen. Or, well, we could, but we're working psychically. So we've got to look at how we've changed our mediumship in a way that when we demonstrate, it, it's very similar to um, working within a theatre where we've got to say to the spirit world, I'm gonna, we're going to need something that's going to get us to the recipient very quickly. And when we work that way, we have to work clairvoyantly or clairaudiently. So it's got to be 
fact. It's got to be hard fact that gets us to that person. But again, even though the mediumship change, it's still got to be emotional. It's still got to have a presence to it. So again, we need to get that fact. We need to present that, but also have that empathy and understanding and clairsentient feeling within it to know who we've got. So the mediumship journey for ourselves has really changed. Like you said, we, we can't meet face to face. And it, it's for us, it's been a huge because we like to interact with people, especially friends like you, Sandra. So and, and Darren and Scott. So again, it's it's changed our world completely. But again, to work as that medium, we've we've got to have that understanding. Now we've been working online almost six months demonstrating in in different ways. Um, some people don't agree with that, which is fine and fair enough. But again, we want to spread the word. We want to do the job that we're meant to do. We, we don't want our name in lights. We don't want that um, celebrity status. It's about being in service. So again, it's about moving with the changes and adapting to the changes like our pioneers some of the, the stories of the pioneers in, in years gone by the hardships the troubles the tribulations the things they went through the sacrifice this is a similar thing in a way it's just stepping up to work in a different way but being of service to the spirit world giving a voice to the spirit world i think the way the spirit world is able to reach people now there has to be a, a way that we can look at what's happening in the world and have a positive come out of it. There's so, so many negatives. There's so many sad, sad situations happening at the moment that if we look at, that, for instance, the gathering, we've got so many people now, you'll know they're emailing you saying, what happens after lockdown? Will the gathering continue? I don't have a church near me. I don't have a spiritual centre. I don't have anything that I can go to that allows me to access the same level of spirit healing, spirit contact, the philosophy from the spirit world, addresses that talk about spirituality. We don't have that. Then there is a need out there, and it's been a long time since the spirit world has had a platform like that. If we look back through history, spirit world has always created something, first through physical mediumship, and then through the forms of going through mental mediumship. Then who's to say in a hundred years time, the people won't look back and say, wow, that was a defining moment for the spirit world. They utilized what they could they kept integrity. The mediums were still allowed to work with the intention that they always did. But due to the fact they had to change, lots of new people were able to access a, a, a route into a new understanding or a route into some sort of comfort or a route into being able to heal themselves from a grief because they saw some random podcast or some random Sunday gathering or there's so much on the internet just now and if we can allow the spirit world that voice then who knows in a hundred years the difference we I don't think we can truly see the impact just now but what we do now will impact the people that take forward the spirit world that spiritual healing that spiritual philosophy so I, I believe that's why we part of um, and continue to want to be part of what's happening here because the intention's correct. The people are receiving 
correct information and we're demystifying something that has been mystified for a long time that has to do good and impact change going forward. And that's what Spirit World has always been about, impacting change, giving power back to people and empowering them to take charge of their own lives. That can only be a good thing. Mm. It is about inspiring the living that's what it's all about spreading that word planting that seed and through zoom and, and and let's take it away from mediumship for a second mediumship is not the only way just to serve the spirit world if we look at what you've done sandra you've opened a platform up for thousands of people to actually see what spiritualism is about spiritism healing mediumship you've opened a door to a lot of people and you've made it accessible to people and that's what really is about being in service to the spirit world creating something spreading that word allowing people to freely come i mean if we look today how it's changed through zoom one time they were going to a church some people are not comfortable going to a church some people like to go to a center or but now they've got an easier access through their computer screens, through their TVs, their, their iPhones, their iPads. It's now, and I agree with what Kerry said, and I remember having a conversation at the start of uh, the, the pandemic, that this is a new era, it's a, it's a new world that we're now living in, and spiritualism has moved forward, mediumships move forward, and it's not only just about the mediumship, it's like Kerry rightly said, it's about the healing, it's about bringing that address out, the philosophy, the, 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 that inspirational talking, and in so many different ways, I think the spirit world's reached out right across the world, because COVID has given us a time to reflect and, and really go within to question what we want mm. from life, and life's never going to be the same and again. And it's asked the big questions, hasn't it? Is there's billions of people on the planet that have had to go in and ask those bigger questions that are more than what job do I want and what do I want to be when I grow up? The bigger questions of who am I and what do you do with four months when you're locked into a house, either on your own, that's bad enough. But when you're on your own and you've got you're completely isolated you can only go within and if you go within in a way that allows you to change once the lockdown is lifted and in in some way somewhere around the world on zoom some medium with a decent standard of mediumship is able to plant a seed of curiosity in that one person job done mm. what that person does with it is up to them but that's part of that journey. I think the world will, for many reasons, never be the same. But I think the spirit world has been able to get the message out to more people than they would have ordinarily. Mm. Oh, I think so too. Go ahead, mm. Phil. Yeah, you know, I was just going to say, and I think that the, the whole We Don't Die family has basically grasped that theme and an essence of service to spread that word to give back to humanity in their own way haven't they because again it is about just speaking our truths and being who we are it's not a religion for us it's about a gathering of people supporting each other inspiring each other and giving of each other and creating a space for everyone to come in together to celebrate life and change life and for me that's what it's all about that essence of inspiration I've been lucky enough to spend a lot of time with you guys online. Can't wait till we meet 
face to face. But we, we've been doing on Thursdays ever since lockdown started is we've been doing a kind of an introductory course on your psychic sense. And so if you want to learn how to start getting into your own power and sitting in the power, it's just been fantastic. And we are recording this end of August in 2020 and going into September, we're changing it up a little bit. We're going to have on Wednesdays that introductory course, I should put it that way, on uh, your psychic nature, really getting in touch with it. And it's not just for beginners, anyone who wants to practice. And even I know you guys say when you have students that you get to see face to face, you actually put them in the psychic space for a couple of years before moving into mediumship, just because really to um, hone as best you can working with yourself and, and really practicing that soul to soul. But on Thursdays, we're starting kind of a beginner foundation course about mediumship called the journey into mediumship. So we're starting those new. And so we welcome all, we do ask if you want to join us on Thursday that you have um, either taken some courses in mediumship or have taken a course with Carrie and Phil, or you can just email me and, and we'll sort that out. But it's really, it's really great um, for our folks here. And a lot of people believe you know, they believe their loved ones are around, but it there's nothing like having a good medium reading to really say, okay, they're here, they're around, I can live my life. But unfortunately, there are some people and this they might not know any better about proper mediumship and sitting in the power and things like that. But as someone who would like to get a medium reading, are there some things we should look for? Or if we are a sitter getting a reading? Are there certain things we should do or not do? Because I know the three of us, we want to raise the level of mediumship because there's some horror stories of what people get for medium readings. And then people think mediumship isn't real. So can you talk about that? Yeah. Um, evidential readings, if you're coming, because there's different types of readings. We, we have to be honest about that. So again, to be a medium, you've got to work in different ways, but an evidential reading is all about your loved ones, all about what they remember, all about facts about them, personality, character, bringing their story of life. It should be an emotional experience where you joined with them, knowing beyond doubt and um, through that evidence that's given that they're there communicating with you. And it is personal memories. It is factual expressions of who they are, but it's said in the way that they would say it. It's done in a way that they would do it. Um, like we said earlier, it's not shopping lists. It's being true to who they are. If we get somebody, somebody's father who's a, a comic, a stand-up, a comedian, then he's going to be exactly like that. If he swore like a trooper, then he's going to do that. We just tone it down and say, I can't repeat that. So th there's many different things, but it's going to be all about what, who they were, all about the memories shared. But it's going to be done in such an empathic and responsible way 
that you know it's them and it's what they want to prove not just that they're living but prove that they're around you so they've witnessed you doing things and it's not just random statements it is actual proof of very intimate moments or personal moments that you sat on the bed or gone visited the grave and said the words to them and they repeat those words back it's a very emotional experience very empowering um feeling as well and a very educational experience mm. Yeah. And then if we're doing a psychic reading, then it will all be about the person sat in the room. So if you were, you're living at this point, Sandra, and you come to us for a reading and we talk about your light and that's going to be on the psychic. And there's nothing wrong with working psychically. There's a real good um, reason to have psychic readings, but it's about educating the people so that they know what they're getting and then educating the mediums to know what's expected and that's why at the very beginning when we met you and you said what's your aim Phil and Kerry and we said raising the standard of evidential mediumship mm-hmm. and you said that you liked the sound of that and two years later here we are. <laughs> but a, good, a good psychic reading though makes the recipient feel seen and heard it empowers them we don't advise them it gives them their own inspiration of saying okay i know what i want to do so we're never predicting we're never telling the future because it's only your thoughts today that create tomorrow but we're giving that power where we see outside the box and let them have that same sight same experience same understanding that empowers them to go and change inspire their life Mm -hmm. in in some way or make them feel that somebody does care and understand them Uh, so there's different things even where we go to the third one which is the assessment and people want to know about this it's not just about an assessment of their mediumship it's about the quality of life it's about understanding where they should be or how they are and how they interact or giving them that insight of yeah that's me that's understanding and that's I've always wanted to do that and now I understand why so again it's looking at the different levels of that information different levels and quality and standard I mean some of the things like you said we we hear some horror stories that if they passed a month in the spirit world that's 10 years and we think how does somebody grow 10 years in a month all all these personal we want to set the record straight we want to say it as it is Mm -hmm. we want to prove factually that they're here and with you and they haven't changed they still love you they're still around you they're only a thought away and it's creating that inspiration healing and real upliftment in the living inspiring the living Mm. wonderful i was just thinking on saturday we're doing a course together called the private reading medium Mm. and if anyone knows a medium is a medium wants to know a little bit more about this I, I it's a five-hour course I invite you to join us and i know on our sunday gatherings when i give the instructions you just want to hear from people yes no or i don't know mm-hmm. absolutely because anything else will take away from the experience because i know if i go for an evidential reading and i went for a few at the very beginning of my development and then i listen back i don't know you know these olden days of the tapes the cassettes and i listened to them back and i thought i said more than the medium so how is that evidential mediumship because that doesn't prove to me my loved ones there what that proves is that i know my loved one's story so if the medium can tell you their story then all you need to say is yes or no. And your medium should be able to, on receiving a no, 
be able to work with your loved one in order to find out where they went wrong with the information that your loved one gave them and be able to bring that through in a way that you understand. It does take time to be able to do mediumship in a way that raises the standard, but we would much rather see somebody work with the spirit world at a very early stage, we'll applaud that, then stand up and try and look fabulous and the spirit world not to have been there and for them to have worked psychically. We'd much rather see true, humble mediumship where the medium, you, you sometimes they get the um, people that work with us will get it right and the look on their face. I remember you told us a story, Sandra, where you had that experience where you were going, you opened your eyes and suddenly the person opposite you is crying and all you're doing is talking about what you think you're probably making up. And then, but to see the power of that with another person, that's worth gold. That is gold dust. You can't replace that. Mm-hmm. Boy, I love this stuff. And I love you guys. I told you about an hour. We're going way over that. But you know <laughs> what? Who cares? <laughs> right? Um, I know there's, I'm sure there's people that have lots of questions and things. And I know on Tuesdays, you do something called Ask the Medium. Is that what it's called? Let's talk mediumship. Let's talk mediumship. That was close. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> close enough. We know what you were talking about. Gosh. Yeah, well, it, yeah. go ahead. No, no. Okay. Um, Let's Talk Mediumship was a, a program that we've been doing for our students or participants, as we, we like to call them, um, to give them an opportunity once a month to come in and talk to us. But during COVID, we opened it up as a free service to give that inspiration back. But it's a weekly, um, an hour or so that we let questions, we're, we're asked questions and we give a, our experience or knowledge back. Mm-hmm. But again, it's also creating a space for healthy debate. Um, in old development groups, there used to be a section within it where you could debate things, philosophize. And it's really that. So it's bringing mm-hmm. all the, the these questions you have or doubts or the things you're wondering about. You can come in and talk to us. But it's not just ourselves. There's mm-hmm. other people that we have in there as well. Mm-hmm. And, and to talk and about. I think the, the questions that come up, it has changed because, as Phil said, it used to be once a month. And we used to get questions about, well, when I do this contact, that doesn't work. And we've now moved to questions of what makes a good contact or what's the difference between a spirit and a ghost or can a house be haunted or um, have you ever had experiences? And some of the questions are fantastic. Some of the questions are excellent. Mm. And it's about allowing ourselves not to think that we've got all the answers because we do ask other people to interact as well. And Phil's absolutely right. Going back, this is where people learned. They didn't sit in classes and get taught the mechanics of mediumship. They sat in classes and received tutorials and they were encouraged to debate. Imagine being able to debate the meaning of life. And we want to encourage people to, yes, be educated, but also to have a platform in which they can talk out something. And then at the end of their own ramble, think, actually, you don't need to answer that. I've answered my own question. And that happens a lot. So there's no daft questions. Um, And we don't know how long it will run for. And we never thought it would be a weekly thing, but people have asked for it. 
more and more. And we've actually now started one for down under in the morning because the people south of the equator often get left out. I thought she was going to do the interpretation of the accent then. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Um, but there's a real need for good hearty debate with parameters of there's nothing that's um, that can't be discussed. But we have to accept that it's not the view of everybody, but that some people do have have had real experiences mm -hmm. that are profoundly real for them that maybe nobody else has. But that doesn't mean that it's not real. Yeah, and we have participants from all kinds of walks of life, from the we don't die to students, to people that are sceptical, but interested in helping parents To people heal. that just stumble in and say, oh, I got given this link yeah, exactly. and I've been told to come along and yeah. they enjoy it. And we only have two rules. And, and the first rule is no question is a daft question. And the second one, as long as we're responsible and courteous to each other, then that's it's acceptable. So it's absolutely fantastic. It, it's been well received and um, we thoroughly enjoy and it's it free. and it's free yeah love it love it well i'm going to make some general announcements while you guys think of your closing thoughts okay this might mm -hmm. be the last time anybody sees your smiling face or hears your fabulous voice and just impart some advice for life so a few announcements. First of all, Phil and Carrie's website is the spirit and soul foundation.co.uk. And there you can find so many things we mentioned sitting in the power. They both have recorded sitting in the power audios that you can download and many other things about their trainings and things like that. They each have their own websites as well. But if you go to that main website, you can click on them. You can certainly also book them there if you'd like to get a reading or a spiritual assessment. You can do that. And they have a code of ethics, which I wish every medium would adhere to. And that is in the first 10 minutes, if you're not feeling it or they're not feeling it, and sometimes truly, you know, the energy may be off somehow, um, that they don't charge you and the reading doesn't go on. And I so wish that would happen because there's people that spend a fortune on medium readings and can be disappointed. They are extremely re reasonably priced, no big egos, and you see who they are. They're friends. They're just great people. We mentioned some of the things. Yes, every Sunday we do a Sunday gathering, and it's about an hour and a half, maybe a little longer, and it's totally free, free. Tuesdays is Let's Talk Mediumship with Carrie and Phil. Wednesdays, starting in September, we are doing Your Psychic Nature. So come on, join us. You get to experiment with others and sit in the power and and get started on that road. And certainly if you've taken our courses before, it gives more experience that doing that. And on Thursdays, it's journey into mediumship. And we just ask if it's a student of mediumship or someone who is, has trained with Carrie and Phil um, in one of the psychic classes that come on along and we'll give you the foundations of the mediumship. And you'll start using that psychic nature to now connect with someone who's no longer living on this earth. On Fridays, we have a great trance demonstration with Scott Milligan. On Mondays, we have a class online with a Scott Milligan as well. And we have various courses as well that pop up over the month and demonstrations. So if you go to wedontdieradio.com and you can click on the calendar, 
and just see what looks good and come on and join us on the courses that we do on the Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. They all are all recorded. So they're about two hour sessions and there's four sessions uh, in, in the month that we do. They're recorded so we understand you can't always join us live and no problem or you live somewhere in the world where it just the time just doesn't work for you. Also, uh, at wedontdieradio.com, there's a little pop-up box that says join the Insiders Club. And that's just a snazzy way of saying join my email list. And as a gift to you, it says read the first few chapters of my book, We Don't Die. The truth is, it's the entire book. I don't want anything to stop you from getting this information about the afterlife, about grief, about living a powerful life. There's also a very healing audio called How to Survive Grief that comes along with it as well. Uh, many people know, maybe you don't know, if you are a Facebook user, there is We Don't Die Listeners Group, and it's a private group, and we have over 5,000 members, and it's just a place to freely talk about life, death, the afterlife, what's going on for you, your spiritual journey, because I don't know if you're like me. But there's not many people in my day-to-day life, family, friends, that really buy into this and love it like I do. So online, I can find that. And like I said, um, go to the calendar on wedontdieradio.com. Oh, forgot one thing. There's also a tab there that says Sunday Gathering. And on it, you can sign up for our upcoming Sunday gathering and be there live or on that site as well. We have now 23 of them that have happened in the past. You can watch any one of them and be inspired. You can see Carrie and Phil in action doing what they love and what they love best and really get some inspiration. So we're going to turn it back to Carrie and Phil for some words of inspiration. And then we will say until we meet again, who wants to go first? We should really apologize. We have broken the internet. I didn't realize we were all doing so much that there isn't a day there where we're not doing anything. But that's the beauty of it. It's the magic of it. And Zoom's absolutely wonderful. Um, ooh, inspiration. Wow. Um, accept who you are. Be who you are. Enjoy who you are. And be true to who you are, really. It, we live life. We, we, As we say, we don't die, but we live life once. Let's really make the most of it. Really enjoy it and fulfill your dreams. Don't be scared of taking them footsteps to actually fulfill that dream that you've always wanted to do. Life is here to be made. Let's make the most of it. It really is. Simple as that. Mm. Be true to who you are. Following on from that, there is that part of, you know, that phrase that says you never regret something you've done. You'll only regret things that you don't do. So whether it's to do with mediumship or self or psychic or healing, allow yourself to do something each day that you wouldn't have thought about doing. I know on Sunday just past, the theme was about in service or passing it on or doing for others. We forget self. So if you have one life here and you're living it right now, what would you regret if you didn't do? I make that something to ponder on. I know for me, I do a lot of reflection and I also allow myself to use that to move forward. 
allow yourself just to give yourself the gift of moving forward. We hold ourselves back for sometimes the smallest reason. So set yourself free by allowing yourself not to be constrained by something you might not even understand. Mm. It oh, is really, really is about being true to who you are. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel really, we got to keep ourselves plugged in. We all have this mind that it can be skeptical. It's not our best friend. It wants to look at the past, worry about the future, not be in the present and really create turmoil and guilt and all of those things. Keep yourself somehow plugged in, keep a book by your bedside, keep watching things come to our Sunday gathering, join a course, um, there's now 350 episodes, by the way, of We Don't Die Radio. There's tons of inspiration and good reasons to believe in the afterlife. Try to stay out of your head and really be with people, be connected somehow, listening or reading, something like that. So I just want to say a big, big old thank you to Phil and Carrie for being our guest today. A reminder, the the main website is the Spirit and Soul foundation.co.uk. I want to thank you, our listener or our viewer for being here, whether it's your first episode or God bless the people that have listened to all of them. There's a, there's a bunch of people that have really thank you for really investing in yourself. And I know you're somebody who you just walk a little differently. You glow a little bit more and you are an inspiration for others. And Never doubt that you make a difference for others. You really do. Sometimes just the smallest things can really make a difference in some people's lives. And unfortunately, sometimes we have to live through grief to be able to lend a hand to someone who's going through it right now. So you really are a gift. Don't discount that. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain, and I'm always so happy to be your host on We Don't Die Radio. I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. So thank you for listening or for viewing, and we'll see you soon. 